back to K-Drama in Room 343. I'm your host, C. Choi, a.k.a. Christina, and I'm with my co-host, Kimmy, a.k.a. Joanne, but she's on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, for the next couple of episodes, probably the rest of of this drama series, series, we're going to have to do it over the phone because Joanne is actually in a different city. So sad. You don't sound very sad. What? I'm. S- <gasps> <laughs> okay, you better cry. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about episode eight of Dream High today. Yay! <laughs> you don't sound excited. Excuse me, I just said woo. Okay. Okay, so we left off the last episode. I think Jingguk had. He got kidnapped. Oh, right. Jingle gets kidnapped. That's where we left off. <laughs> By his own dad. By his own dad, yes. So Hemi gets a text from Jingguk before... This was like before Jingguk got like kidnapped. He texted her to meet him at the sketchy Harite place. And then he gets kidnapped like on his way. This was weird. Like Hemi's like... Oh. How dare you text me after you like you betray me or whatever? And then like she's like, I'm gonna say something to you. Like, I'm gonna like argue with you. Like that's the only reason I'm going. As she's like touching up her makeup. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm gonna beat him up. And she's like putting on lipstick, like touching her hair. Oh, like yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what I would make him. So before this um, episode, I thought that she didn't like him. Or, like, I thought she didn't, she wasn't interested. It was really unclear, wasn't it? Yeah. But now, like... Suddenly, she's, like, head over heels for him. Yeah. So, he's kidnapped, and he's sent to the airport. Like, they bring Jingle to the airport. The secretary was like, oh, this was all for you, like, to protect you. And Jingle's like, um, I'm pretty sure this is to, like, hide him because... He's embarrassed. Yeah, he's um, he's embarrassed by him. Like, the dad is embarrassed by him. And um, Hemi's waiting in the sketchy hideout place. She's in the car, but, you know, of course, he doesn't show up. He's apparently supposed to go to Canada. <laughs> when I when I heard that, I was like, oh, maybe he can meet the dad. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Her dad's in Canada. Yeah. Why? why? Do they have any special things for Canada? I don't know. I think it was like maybe going to America is too common, you know. Like they always oh, go to a... the new hot places, Canada. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And then um, there's two tickets to Canada, and then Jingle's like, "Who's? What's? The, why is there two tickets?" And the secretary is like, "Oh, I'm going with you." And then Jingle's like, <laughs> and then Jingle's like, does this escape act? He like jumps over like um, people's luggages. And he runs away, even though there's like there's three um like bodyguards I would say like three uh-huh. people and then um like henchmen I would say. Oh yeah, henchmen. He escapes yeah. and then um I wrote that Jingle has a moment like a soliloquy, saying like, "Father, please don't let me hate you." <laughs> like he's like, well, I'm pretty sure you should know by now, like. Do you hate him or not? Like, what do you mean, don't make me hate you? Like, right? I'm pretty sure if he has to say that, that means you already hate him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you hate your parents. You're not going to say, please don't make me hate you. Like, so, hey. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, like at back at the house, like Oh Hyuk's house, Samdong's mom is there, and they're giving um, her a tour of the house. Just so like she knows how her son is doing, you know, in the big city without her, and kind of like letting her be assured that he's been taken care of, mm-hmm. showing her around like where he's been living. I thought it was funny how like Oh Hyuk is like, oh, and this is Samdong's favorite room, and it's the bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's classy. <laughs> He's like he never comes out, but you know, like I kind of understand because his bathroom in his house, like in the countryside, it was an outhouse. It was an outhouse. Yeah, no wonder. Yeah, like he didn't. They didn't have a toilet. Why, Why does he still have an outhouse? I mean, it's the countryside. I guess um, they're poor. Okay, my grandma in the countryside had a perfectly modern bathroom in her house. Yes, so. that's true. Maybe the mom didn't want to. I don't know. It's her choice. Anyways, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Hemi comes home, and as soon as she comes home, she's like, "Is Jinguk here?" But then, uh, she sees that Samdo's mom is there. So um, she has to act like she's head over heels for Samdong. Oh Hyuk's sister, she cooks like this meal for the mom, and um, Sam Samdong's mom is like, "Wow, Ajuma, you're you're like very talented and so pretty and so kind." Ajuma basically means older lady, but middle age. Yeah, but it also is like referred to like the housemaid. You know, like um. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. The, like, and so I thought that was pretty funny, and then that's why like the sisters like, Ajuma, me. Apparently, Samdong told his mom that Hemi wanted to marry Samdong right after graduation, and then the mom was like, like he has got to stop with these lies. Literally, like, imagine you just like come home after a long stressful day, and then this guy who you don't even like is there with his mom, and he told her like we're getting married. Like I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad too. That's annoying. And then I think like his mom is like, oh, but you know, like you just do whatever. Like she's like, he's not yours, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, and then Jingle comes home, and then as soon as like okay. again, first of all, like I don't know how he got home so quickly because he was at Incheon, and that place is far from Seoul, so I don't know where that school is, but oh. they're pretty bad. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, because yeah. they're going to international, like they're going to Canada, so it has to be Incheon Airport. Yeah, like maybe he took a very yeah. fast taxi. Oh yeah. So Jingle comes ro- home, and he's like. Oh, is Hemi here? And then, um, of course, like he sees the mom. They're like about to have dinner and stuff. And um, since he plays the role of Samdong's right hand man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like kind of what like Pecky was to Hemi at the beginning of the drama series. Mm-hmm. So then his mom was like, "Oh, so you're Jinguk, like you're um, Samdong's friend or whatever." And then um, like Jinguk is, he gets very emotional by like Samdong's mom's kindness. Like he was crying. He was crying because um, it was funny. Like I, I took some notes too, and, <laughs> and I wrote Jinguk shoving rice in his mouth, looking so sad. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So this is another like Korean drama trope. Is where um, an older figure, pro- like most likely a parent, will put food onto like the plate of the main character. 
Korean traditional meals, it includes like a bowl of rice with side dishes. And then usually one of those side dishes will be like a fish, like grilled fish. And so um, the parent figure will pick out the, like, the meat of the fish and lay it on top of their bowl of rice for them to eat. And they usually do this like just using their hands. And it's to show because, like... Because there's bones in the fish. Yeah, yeah. And it, this like, kind of act shows mother figure kind of like maternal love. And then Jingu, because apparently I guess he didn't have a parent to rely on um he feels very emotional <laughs> and so um at first he's like looking at the bowl of rice with the fish on top and he's like kind of confused he's like what is this and then he realizes that it's just you know a mom acting like a mom and he's crying and <laughs> he like <laughs> eats it he keeps he continues to just like stuff his face with rice like like, he ate five spoonfuls of rice, but it's, like, you need a good, like, balance between rice and, like, a side dish, so you're just not eating nothing. Yeah, because rice is kind of bland. <laughs> so he's, like, like <laughs> rice in his mouth. I was, like, dang, is that not boring? He's, like, was it that salty? <laughs> like, at least take some sushi or something. Right? But... Also, it was funny, they thought he was, like, crying because um, she touched his food with her hands, and oh, she was yeah. like, oh, um, city kids probably don't like that. Yeah, and then he's like, no, 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 like, it's fine, and he's, like, crying, eating. <laughs> so, oh, okay, so the mom uh, the mom leaves, and um, Samdong goes he's with her. her off. Yeah, he's sending her off, and... As they're going, Jinguk apologizes to Hemi and says that he lost his phone. And that's why, like, he didn't answer. And then Hemi was like, yeah, I was about to beat you up. But then she's like, but you look really defeated and burdened and, like, tired. So we'll just talk about it later. Because I think she felt bad for um, him being all emotional with Samdong's mom. Oh, because there was that also moment when Samdong's mom, like, before she leaves, like, she pats his cheek that was weird. Like, he, he, like, grabbed her hand and kept it there. I was like, okay. I wrote, mom calls Jinguk little chicken and pats his face and Jinguk is feeling it. He, like, literally and figuratively. Like, he was feeling it. Yeah, he would just, like, hold her hand that was already on his face. Like, just... Weird. <laughs> Made me a little uncomfortable. If I was Hamdong, I would have been like, what are you doing with my like, mom's I That's my mama. Anyways, um, so I thought that was pretty funny. So Hemi, like, she kind of figured out that Jinguk, like, he was depressed. She was about to leave, and then he does another, like, wrist grab. He, like, turns her and then puts his head on her shoulder. And then Hemi's, like, patting his head, which... That was weird, too. That was very weird. The only weird moments in in this episode. It was supposed to be kind of like a touching moment, but it just felt kind of uncomfortable watching it. I was uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. He just like pulled her and then he like just rested his head, his big old head on her shoulder. It it didn't look comfortable because he's taller than her. So he was literally crouching over. I was like, um, hello? And then they were like that for good, for the rest of that scene. And it was like snowing, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. Oh, and then like he also grabs her hand like, he just holds her hand with both hands. That was weird. That was very weird. It wasn't oh. even like a hug. It was, he just grabbed her hand. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't okay. know about 
these two couples. Like, I don't, I don't ship them. I don't ship them either. They need to stay single. <laughs> everybody, everybody needs to stay Just single. Stay in your lane. <laughs> like, you are not ready to handle a relationship right now. Like, you can't even handle yourself and your own emotions. Like, come on. Seriously. <laughs> Anyway, so the mom is going home, and um, before she, like, gets on the bus, uh, she's, like, saying, like, you know, goodbye, like, like, hey, you should invite the kids over to the house and come, whatever. And then Samdung also has, like, this moment where he can't hear again. Like, he has this ringing in his ear, but he, like, pretends that it's not happening, that it was okay, and he so just... stupid, because if it were me, I'd kind of get that checked out, because that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Especially to go into, like, the singing industry, so, like, what are you gonna do if you can't hear? But exactly. he's, like, he just, like, blinks a couple times, he looks confused and disoriented, and then his hearing comes back, and he's like, okay, this is fine. I'm like, no. You need to go to the hospital, boy. Like, get checked out. Or mention it, be like, like, hold up, like... My hearing's gone, but nope. At least tell the teacher, you know? Like, if not... Because like, I understand why he doesn't want to tell his mom right away. Because she, he doesn't want her to worry. But at least tell the teacher then. Like, oh yeah. So, it goes to a different scene. And the loan sharks, um, they're calculating the amount that they spent on the fake showcase. And it comes to be... Seven thousand four hundred dollars. Like first of all, it was two minutes long, so I don't know how. Like you used four thousand dollars an hour. Like was it worth it? And it was literally just two, like two performances. Exactly. You know, they didn't even have the fireworks or anything, and they self cut the paper confetti. Like, what did they use the fourth? Man, these people need like a budgeting team or something. Like, but the loan shark guy is like saying, "Oh, just charge him for rent." charge like the teacher for renting the auditorium and then everything else like will be just paid by us and then the other loan shark is like why <laughs> and then i was like yeah why <laughs> oh, like like milk that you know like squeeze as much as you can out of it but yeah he this is more character development um yes i can see that like he's kind of turning around and he's saying he basically his reason for like paying the rest was because i got to see potential in hemi and like his future because i feel like his dream was to become an entertainment um company owner and um he was saying that like through this experience i saw like hemi's potential and stuff but i was like but still yeah seven thousand four hundred that's like a year of tuition that's so much money i know i guess he's really rich i mean he's a loan shark so <sighs> probably like chum chum money <laughs> <laughs> you get seven four thousand you get a fake showcase you get a fake showcase <gasps> you all get a fake showcase <laughs> and then call it a fake good plan <laughs> Okay, so um, the next scene is the teacher's meeting. The principal oh, that is, yeah, the principal was saying things about the showcase, like oh, like about the real showcase, like how it was so successful, which we don't know because we didn't get to see. And then Ohyuk and JYP, they're pretty nervous that the scary bob hair teacher will rat them out to the principal about the fake showcase. After the meeting, Ohyuk asks about, he kind of confronts scary bob hair teacher and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, um, remember yesterday at the school, like the fake showcase? And then she's like, I was never here yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and she leaves, and then Ohyuk's like, oh, I guess that means she's gonna keep it a secret. 
And they're like, why? And then JYP does this like flashback to when the scary uh-huh. bob hair teacher fell on top of him when she busted out of the closet. And then he's like, oh, I think I know why. But please. It probably is for the other reason. Like, she doesn't want to think about what happened. So that's like, <laughs> it was such a traumatic experience. Lock it out of her mind. I feel like there's gonna be a little. Are they trying to put a love triangle between the scary bob hair teacher, Oihok, and JYP? Um, I don't know if they're trying to do that, but I think they're trying to do like a potential. Like, I mean, obviously JYP's interested in her, but I don't think the other part of it is as evident right now. Mm. But obviously, the scary bob hair teacher is kind of into Oihok too, since she's she was like. Crying for him when she busted out of that that room. Oh yeah. And like didn't tell on them. All right. You know when she she discovered it was JYP. Oh right, and then she screamed. I remember. Well, I mean, why did you come so late? And then she opened her eyes and JYP. Game over. So Jinguk's dad's secretary comes to meet Ohyuk, and then hands him the student transfer form saying that like oh Jinguk's going to transfer to Canada and then Ohyuk asks Jinguk about like if it was his choice and of course Jinguk says it's not and Ohyuk just rips the form and Jinguk's like okay that's fine but Ohyuk reminds him that the secretary will come again they even like threatened to go directly to the principal and tell this because I guess not everyone knew that his dad was a politician. Mm-hmm. So, like, they want him to just quietly go to Canada like, and not make a scene since he is, like, an illegitimate child. Yeah. And so, um, Jinguk says that he has an idea. He takes out the business card of the entertainment director that had asked him if he wanted to debut because he did that opening ceremony. I mean, not the opening ceremony, the opening um, act with Peki. He kind of convinces Jinguk. Well, not like convinced, but he um, ends his... He like thinks about it. Yeah, because our company, which his company is called Top Agency. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to become a singer that the whole world will know, then you need to join um, my agency, like the Top Agency. And then um, Jinguk's like pondering on that idea, like because... I think he was sold on the whole world will know that part because he was always like hidden from like his family. Uh-huh. So he wanted to somehow, like... Do the opposite of that, basically. Like, reveal himself. Yeah, yeah. So that he doesn't have to go to Canada. Which makes sense, but it also is, like... That's kind of, like, a big thing to do. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that hurt the dad, too? Because if he... Yeah, if he's more well-known. Yeah, then the world will know, or world as in, like, the rest of Korea (laughs) will know that... He's the illegitimate, illegitimate child of their... What is he... Is he running for mayor? I don't even know. Like, he's just a politician. For his position, the fact that he chose to do that while knowing that it's a chance to become worldwide known or, you know, known to Koreans is kind of saying, like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. I couldn't understand that part still, though. Like, I was like, I feel like you should have the principal maybe be like, hey, my creepy dad is trying to get me deported from this country. Like, I want to stay in the school. Can you please talk to him about it or something? Or like the principal? But I don't think the principal will do anything. I think the principal will be like, oh, you need to go. Because, you know, he didn't like he didn't like this Jinguk because um, he was one of the oh, special I... admission students. Yeah, I guess so. So the results of the showcase comes out. Apparently, like, the showcase is kind of like a final exam, sort of. The students that performed were ranked into debut team and then, like, I guess the rejected team. 
and Jinguk and Peki got into the debut team as well as Jason and Ria. The results are like being showed to the other students and then Samdong and Hemi also learns that Jinguk had ditched them to go to the the real showcase and perform there. Yeah. So then of course they're like hurt like how can he just do that like Especially because Hemi stuck on that flashback when Jinguk was like, "Oh, like when I debut, I want to be standing on stage with you." And then she found out that he performed with Peki, her like nemesis. Mm-hmm. So then there are a bunch of reporters doing interviews with the debut team and the interviewer asks Pe- Peki about like like who she's thankful for and Peki's like, "Oh, I'm thankful for Jinguk, you know, like for- Oh yeah. <laughs> Kugi. Oh. She's like, I'm thankful for Kugi. I mean, like, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah. I was like, okay, get out. <laughs> you know, that reminded me when, like, Kugi reminds me of Running Man when they do Kim Jong-guk. Like, his cute nickname oh, yeah. was like, Kugi, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Kugi. <laughs> Anyways, um... So Peki is like, oh, I'm really thankful for Jinguk who did the duet for me, and she's like, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. And I'm also thankful for a scary bob hair teacher for telling me that having a competitor rather than a friend is the best thing. And then um, she kind of throws shade at Hemi. She's like, oh, I'm really thankful for that friend who called me. A third class trash and I'm really thankful for her because I got this far thanks to her she was looking directly at her and she said that so yeah so apparently this is the open interview and so <laughs> that's not a good idea so while they're being interviewed they're being interviewed on like the school auditorium stage and like all the rest of the, the student body they're allowed to like listen in they're allowed to lollygag around because of course you know they don't go to class they have no classes here um and then Kimmy kind of like feels angry no i don't know like she felt kind of i don't know what she was feeling like she runs off to um the roof and it's snowing and then she has like there's like flashbacks of her like Kimmy being mean to Peki and how like Peki was just her friend from the beginning. She was very supportive of Hemi but then Hemi kind of just stabbed her in the back um, at the audition and Hemi's like crying and realized that you know Peki was just a good friend to her. But you oh. took her this long. Yeah but then Peki almost murdered her you know like did people forget about that like. Fair trade off. I feel like the way Peki has been acting as well like up to this episode like you almost forget that she did this crime, you know? Because she's so but like... why? Because we lost over it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? We never talked about it again. Yeah, like, why is no one remembering that? I think it's because Hamdong didn't, didn't mention about, like, his ears ringing. Once he, like, hopefully, once he, like, tells somebody, they'll, like, actually try to investigate and find the culprit, but I don't know. I feel like even if he didn't tell them, they should have looked into it, but again, they're not... I think their reason, like, the principal's reason was, like, oh, but he's fine. But he's not, clearly. Well, that kind of logic doesn't make sense, because then it would be, like, okay, well, this person tried to shoot me, but they missed, so it's okay, because I didn't get shot, so it's good. Basically the same logic, yeah. This thief tried to rob the store, but they didn't actually succeed, so whatever, because 
we actually didn't get robbed, right? No. Seriously. The school. Anyways, Samdong joins Hemi on the roof. She's like crying and um, she like it compares herself to these Korean cartoon shows. And she's explaining that she always thought that she was the good main character, but now she's like thinking that she might be the actual, like the bad character. Like the evil counterpart. The antagonist. Yo, yeah, yeah. Okay, but what century is she from? Because those comic books, I feel like kids these days don't read those. Like, my mom mentioned that she read those when she was a kid. Yeah, it was Candy and I don't know the the evil... I only know Candy. And then Honey and... um, I don't, Yeah, I don't know the evil person because I... Because I, they don't read those. I didn't grow up with those. I grew up with, like, Teletubbies. I don't know what she grew up with. Anyways, so Samdong doesn't understand like her analogy because yeah, he he is from the countryside. He didn't watch cartoons, I guess. <laughs> okay, so um back at the interview, so the interview is over and did you notice that there is actually another kid who made the de- debut team? Like there's five of them. I don't know. Like I was like, "Who he?" <laughs> Cuz yeah, there's five people. It's um Jason, Ria, Jinguk and Pecky and this random guy. Who is he? Does he even go there? <laughs> like the girl's quote. She doesn't even go here. No, like he was wearing the uniform and then the um, interview was over and there were five of them that like kind of um, inside to oh, the... Hat. See the guy with the hat? Yeah, like, kind of like a blue hoodie kind of thing. Oh, okay, because I think he's been shown a few times in previous episodes but they didn't even talk about him so what the heck oh really i don't remember seeing him ever i do what the heck like why did ria get put into the debut debut class i i think she was she was i think she yeah fame probably because she was already a celebrity i think it was kind of like already planned okay but we didn't even get to see her showcase performance, so I don't even know she did. Oh yeah, she stormed off. She didn't have one. Okay, and also, why is Jason in there? Because he didn't go to the showcase. He went oh, to the yeah. fake showcase. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe yeah. Did he go back? Oh, you know what? He could have because they, the fake one only had two performances, so he probably had plenty of time to oh, go back. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, he went back. That's, yeah, that's that makes it. sense. That's the only explanation because... <laughs> There's so many flaws to this drama. No, but the thing is, you see, it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> like he went back. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll just say that he went back. <laughs> okay, so Pecky thinks Jingu, and she's saying that like, oh, I like what I said in the interview is all true. That I'm like really thankful for you. And Jingu's like, if you really are thankful then don't mention it again and don't mention Hemi either because if you get famous yeah like if you get famous like they're gonna trace back like the one who called her third class trash like they're gonna find out that it was Hemi so Jinguk's like yeah don't mention it again okay but the thing is what about these characters is they will not get to the point like they're always like going around and around beating around the bush like Jinguk hasn't told Hemi like straight up like hey I like you all these unfortunate things have happened but like you know like I meant what I said and don't think I'm just saying these things you know mm-hmm. he like said all these things to Peggy but then Hemi never sees them um because he's always getting kidnapped left and right <laughs> and then <laughs> I just feel like very like 
you need to you need to man up. You need to just say what you mean, like. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And Jinggook has to go into the dorm now for the debut team, so he has to move out of the house. So this is back at the house, and Jinggook wants to talk to Hemi alone. And um, Hemi and Samdong, they were doing laundry or whatever. And then Samdong, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna leave. You can just say it in front of me." And then Jinggook tries to like grab Hemi's wrist and pull her away, and Samdong like stops him. So there's a lot of wrist grabbing in this episode. Uh huh. Samdong kind of like grabs his wrist, like, "Hey, don't do it." <laughs> and then Jinggook like <laughs> Jinggook picks Samdong up, <laughs> and he like throws him outside. <laughs> Yeah, and he throws him outside he and he locks him out. The door. And then Jinggook like apologizes to Hemi for not keeping his promise, but he's like, "But I really do want to perform on stage with you. Like I really meant saying that." And he's like, yeah, right." <laughs> he's like, "I'm only debuting debuting because I can't help it." His reasons like it's understandable, but if you didn't know his reason, it just sounds like, "Oh, I can't help it, but debut." Also, the way he worded it, yeah, uh, like I didn't want to, I didn't want this thing to happen, this great thing to happen, but it just, I can't help it. Yeah, that's what basically. Like people, like. you know, like people who don't gain weight, and they're like, oh my gosh, like I just can't, I, I just can't gain weight. Like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> As I stuff my cheese like, fries into my mouth. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, Hemi's like, "Wow, I'm so jealous! Like you were debuting because you can't help it. Well, I'm like, I really want to do that." Um, she's like, "I'm not mad, you know. Like, why would I be mad? Like, what am I to you? Like, hey, congrats, but honestly, like, I can't congratulate you with a smile, which makes Bye, sense. Alicia. Like, if they just communicated better, then they wouldn't have all these drama. But I mean, I guess that wouldn't be a Korean drama. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Because they would just fix the problem right away instead of like beating around the bush, it'd be over in two episodes. That's true. Anyway, so um, so she like leaves and okay. Samdong comes in and knocks Jingu to the floor. Body slams him. Yeah. And then the next scene is another two p.m. guy. Nikun, he's like lying on the floor dressed as Romeo, and then like a phone next to him. This scene was so random. I was like, wait, what's happening? Like, why is he there? <laughs> why is, why is there another two p.m. guy <laughs> lying on the floor? <laughs> and um, a phone rings nearby him, and it says Juliet, like the caller ID is Juliet, and she answers, and it's the celebrity girl Ria, and they're actually shooting a like a commercial. Yeah, Ria is supposed to answer and sing the like the commercial tune but she's tone deaf so bad and she can't sing and um the producer is saying they're like hey do you know anyone at your school who can sing but like looks like she can't debut and we can just you know use her voice and of course she picks pirsuk which is iu and she gets hired. Um, she sings the jingle for the commercial, and she's all happy and excited. And she tells her mom that her voice is going to be featured at a commercial. And she's like, "Yeah, and they're also putting my name as well." She's really excited about it, but you know that like she, her name's not gonna be on there. Like you know, like you already, know. you already know. So she calls jason on the phone um she tells him about it as well it switches to hemi's scene and hemi is at her locker and um she closed her locker 
And this was a very scary scene. Like, I was pretty scared. She was putting stuff away in her locker and she closes the door and Peggy is just standing right behind. And, like a, like some horror movie. And um, Peggy's like, here, I'll give you this pendant. The um, instant karma pendant. She's like, I think you'll need it more than me. since." And she basically just disses Kimmy saying that like, oh, I don't hate you anymore because... I don't even consider you as my uh, competition. Like, you're so weak. Seeing you all down, like, yeah, you're not even worthy of being my competitor. So here, just take the pendant. <laughs> it's like, picky. And then Kimmy takes the pendant. I would have just, like, thrown it back. I was like, you take it. Right? Like, I don't want it. <laughs> like, if you don't want it, then just throw it away. Like, I'm not your trash can, you know? Like, just... Instant karma. Yeah. So Kimmy's like staring at the pendant and Pirsuk comes to her she's like oh I need advice from you and Pirsuk says that I really really think Jason likes me this time and Hemi's like oh here we go again <laughs> but then like Pirsuk gives various reasons for why she thinks that because she says that Jason took me to the karaoke room and we like danced all day and like sh- he also came and performed on the stage with me like at the fake showcase um, because he wanted to sing a duet with me, and he also, like, congratulated her on the commercial, and then Hemi's like, oh, maybe he does like you, because it does kind of sound like he likes her. Yeah. And then as she's, like, explaining things, like, Hemi kind of looks at IU, and she's like, wow, you're really pretty. She's like, why didn't I notice that you were this pretty? I was like, what the heck? I think it's supposed to be showing her, like, you know, changing into a nicer person again. But it was kind of weird. Yeah, it was very weird. And she's like, oh, you, I think you could be a heroine. Oh, I hate these cheesy, like, similes. I think they're trying to go back to the analogy that she made, like, about how she's... Even though she it's thought she was the main character, yeah, how, like how she thought she was the main character, but it turns out that she actually was not the main character, or like she was the antagonist. And um, Samdong, in order to understand that analogy, like he buys the comic books that Hemi mentioned, and he's like reading them. Anyway, so um, Jingu comes home as like Samdong's reading his te- uh, comic books, and he tries to talk to him, but he ignores him, and then. Yeah, he also talks to Hemi, but she also ignores him, of course. Like, he just tells her that he's leaving this week to go to the dorm. And she, like, goes into her room and she starts, like, crying, right? Did she cry? Oh, she did cry. Yeah. Because she's, like, sad that he's leaving. But, of course, they don't know how to communicate, so they just cry. And we don't conflict. So this scene was pretty cute. Um, I thought it was pretty cute. Pirsuk leaves a trail of heart sticky notes. With lyrics to a song that was kind of like playing. It was also playing in the background. And um, the lyrics are basically like a confession. And um, she's sitting on top of a staircase. And she's like, the last sticky note says, If you have the same feelings for me, then please come up the stairs. And then Jason comes up the stairs, but basically turns her down. Says that, oh, I didn't know you liked me that way. I only like you as a friend. And then she's like, then why'd you come up the staircase? And of course, he's like, because I thought, you know, that'd be rude. And Pirsuk is like, I'm so sorry for misunderstanding you. She's like really hurt. And she runs off with the sticky note. But of course, leaves the one that says... Of course! Yeah. She leaves one sticky note. And of course, it says like, maybe it's love or something. Of course, that one. Of course. 
So the phone commercial came out, but they used Ria's name instead of Pirsuk's name, and I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Like, isn't that is illegal? Did she not sign a contract? No one, of course, will say anything because it's like the celebrity's words against a student. But honestly, like, just tell Ria to sing. <laughs> You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> so Pirsuk and Hemi, they're pretty depressed. Pirsuk's crying and. Kimmy is kind of comforting her, and it was so sad. Like Pirsuk's, like I don't think I'm ever going to be a heroine, and you know they're both crying. It was a sad but kind of touching moment. We actually know now that like Kimmy is capable of having a friend and feelings. Yes, and feelings. Anyway, so um, the next scene is Jason's photo shoot, and he does a lot of like hand movement. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like his poses are just various hand gestures, um, and then he overhears Ria talking about Pirsuk, and he kind of confronts her. He's like, "Hey, Pirsuk sang that song. Like, why is your name on there?" And she's like, "I didn't know that they would use my name, but I mean, she kind of knew. Of course, she knew." Back at Oihak's house, they do a debut party for Jinguk, but it's kind of also like a farewell party because he's moving into the dorm. The sister's like, "Oh, should we open some wine?" And Samdong's like, "Oh, I don't think you should drink any alcohol." <laughs> Very straightforward. Yeah. So Hami, it turns out that he she's actually just waiting outside. Like she doesn't want to come in because she knows that they're doing this party. Like she doesn't want to see him. Hami goes into her room and she finds a box. And in the box, of course, is a motorcycle helmet and a pair of earphones <sighs> that was used. Pussy, but at least get her new ones. Right. Anyway, so um, yeah. So she has. There was like a flashback to when he gave her the helmet and of course the earphone, and she's like crying. So it's pretty like pretty she apparent now. On her head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She puts the helmet on, and um, it's pretty apparent that she's like she really likes Chingguk. Nothing to indicate that interest. In the past seven episodes, and then suddenly she is like really into him. It's like okay, and so she's like, um, she puts the helmet on and she's standing outside crying. And Samdong comes out, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he like <laughs> takes the helmet off, and he sees that him is crying. He's like all surprised, like, "Why are you crying?" And then she's like, "Do you really want to know?" <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Samdong's like, "No, I don't want to know." <laughs> You're crying because of Jinguk, but you're crying because you're jealous that he gets to debut, and not for the reasons why she's actually crying. When I first 
watch the drama. I remember I felt so sad for him when he was saying that. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, he's humble. Like, you know, he's so heartbroken. And, like, she doesn't even have any regrets in his feelings. And she's just, like, about to step on his heart. And, like, you know, he's just trying to stop in the blow. He's trying to, like, mm-hmm. make himself what he believes. And then when I was watching it this time, I felt nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of laughing at this scene. It was so dramatic. It was, yeah, it, it was so un- was unnecessary. Because, like, 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 in high school musical, uh-huh. when they're like really into it, but like it's really not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what I felt. Like, it was that. Yeah. I think Hemi did the right thing telling Samdong that she's crying because of Chingu yeah. to kind of like cut him off. Because, you know, like, she knows that she, uh, Samdong like, has feelings for her. Yeah. They should have just stopped it at like, oh, do you really want to know? And he's like, no, don't tell me. No. I was like, oh, okay, I won't tell you. Because he, she clearly cannot communicate her feelings to Jingu, but she can say it to Samdong. No consistency. Yeah. Thank you. So, Oh is cleaning the house. He's like throwing out the trash and the trash spills out and he finds like crumpled drawings that... Can we not talk about this, please? <laughs> No, we have to. It's such a big moment. I feel oh. like this is a major point in this drama. I feel like this was a major point because this theme, like this episode's theme was basically about like relating to comic books. <laughs> I really hate it. And so um have drawn a comic with Hemi as the heroine and Peggy as the uh, evil character, which I thought that was really spot on. Like it was the glare. Yeah, like the side eye. Uh huh. And then um he like drew himself as like the big eyed pretty boy. Um when Oihyuk showed it to uh, Hemi and she was like, "Oh, is that supposed to be his Hamdong?" Like, wow, he drew his eyes really big. <laughs> like half the size of his face. <laughs> Samdong just drew Hemi as the main character of this story. Hemi kind of like asks Ohyuk like whether he thinks that she's a protagonist or an antagonist. And Ohyuk is very, very blatantly says that, oh, you're definitely the antagonist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, of course. And um, she's like, what the heck? And um, he's like, well, I can't lie. And um, basically, he gives this whole speech of how, like, if you're if you think that your story ends right here, right now, then yeah, you're the antagonist. But it also means that if you look at it from the long point of view, like look from further, a big picture, yeah, like a grow. big picture, then it just means that you have time to realize, realize and reflect and basically like change your ways and then you'll end up like as a character who transforms into the heroine or the protagonist which i was like oh that's like a very good life lesson but i don't know but will she <laughs> <laughs> that's the true question will she Maybe this, I think this episode was basically like the peak of Hemi's failure. And with this episode, sh- maybe like she'll start turning around, you know? Yeah. So then um, Hemi's like, wow, thank you, Teacher King. And he's like, wait, did you call me teacher? And then she lies. She's like, no, I didn't call you teacher. So much for changing. <laughs> 
Kimmy shows Samdong the comic book. Like, she clipped it. And then, like, Samdong's like, hey, give it back. And they're, like, running around the classroom. And he's, like, chasing after her. And eventually, like, he puts her in a headlock. And then her hair gets stuck in his name tag. As he's trying to untangle her, he's like, so what happens next? And then he's like, I don't know. And then she's like, oh, I know. <laughs> She's like, I know what's gonna happen, and it's time for us to win. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you win before then if it's that easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, next scene is Pirsuk. So Pirsuk's kind of avoiding Jason. Pirsuk got the idea that he like hates her, but Jason's like, no, like, I care about you as a friend. Like, I only like you as a friend. And she's like. So if I lose weight and become pretty, will you like change your answer? This is like fat shaming again. Honestly, like the fact that like that words like if I change and become pretty, will you change your answer? Like came out of Pirsu was kind of like very disappointing. Yeah, like I would understand if it maybe like it came from like Jason, then that's also pretty bad. But like. For her to basically deny who she is and say, like, oh, if I change, will you like me? And the fact that he went along with it, too, was kind of, I don't know. Well, I uh, have mixed feelings. Obviously, I don't agree with it. Like, like if he likes her for who she is, then obviously, like, why would her physical appearance change anything, you know? Mm -hmm. But he did like say like oh i do like you as a friend but i don't know and then like when he's like when they're showing him like thinking about her question like it shows a flashback to when um Bia was talking about how she can never uh she could never debut unless she lost like 30 kilograms so i think part of his logic was like oh like if this will motivate her to like you know um to lose, maybe lose this weight and she could show them like this transformation and like since these are like expectations for like idols you know like the cultural beauty yeah. standard it's like if she can do it then like they won't look down on her but it's just the fact that that is the case for korean society that's just yeah kinda... yeah uh, anyway so pirsuk is like saying Okay, so I'm going to do that. Just give me 200 days and I'll lose weight. So she runs to Miss Meng for help. And Miss Meng tells her that, you know, being like, look is also a talent because if you try hard, then you can be pretty. And she's like, there's no ugly women. It's just only like lazy, lazy people, which it is true. I feel like in some ways it's true, but it's still not a justification to... Like, for this fat-shaming thing that's going on. Yeah, for sure. I think it's inspirational in the way, like, anyone can be pretty. But then there's that part of it, like, why should we have to be pretty? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we just stay the way we are? Mm-hmm. But anyways, Miss um, Meng agrees to help. And she also says the famous diet rule, like, you eat like a queen and... You know, eat breakfast like a queen and then eat lunch like a regular person and then eat um, dinner like like a beggar. And she also tells Pirsuk to do jump ropes. And so I thought that this part, like this scene, was pretty nicely directed because they need to try to have 200 days like fly by. And IU kind of, or Pirsuk kind of marks these dates um, with a lid 
that she i think it was like from her yogurt or something she like um uses the lids to count the days off and during that time um you hear the news that group k which is the debut group of the one with jingu jason pecky and ria and that one guy <laughs> who we don't know poor guy poor guy and so like group k and um there's like news in the background of how they're becoming like pretty famous even though they've like recently debuted but you know they're hitting all the charts and whatever they've established some quite of like a fan base and during that 200 days um pirsuk lost weight and so like i thought that was pretty nicely directed like i liked how they transitioned that way yeah i feel like the like um artistic choices that they made like showing the progression of time through the calendar with the yogurt lids that mm-hmm. was pretty good and like like you just mentioned like that progression of time was necessary to kind of kind of like advance the plot by giving you know um letting us know that the k group had been doing these activities and have debuted and are building a solid fan base but without us having to see that whole process right But 200 days, that's like almost a year. That's a year. <laughs> you know how like the five of them, they go back to the school, but it's been a yeah. year. So, have they been have they not been in school for a year? I guess, but it doesn't even matter because they don't do anything, so what's a year? No, okay, okay. So, we were discussing like the school system earlier in one of the earlier dep- episodes, and we kind of like were confused on how like the debut class worked. So, we thought that like when they debuted it meant that they were graduating but then they came back so the school consists of people who've already debuted but i thought this was a school for like trainers like trainees oh uh, i don't know though did they actually debut or are they just like a like prep class to debut you know because no but they did they debut did because they came out in music bank and what's the point of them even being at school Exactly. What? Yeah. This drama is just a hot mess. Yeah, so they debuted already. Group K. They did. Hold on, why do we need to hear about them? They're gone. <laughs> right? Because we're, we're trying to learn about the kids who are trying to make it, but if they already made it, then bye. Like, right, what? so I was so confused. I was like, wait, why, why are they back at school? Maybe it's like when they're not promoting or doing comebacks to come back to school. And you only have school for like a few months at a time. It seemed like they were only in school for a few days and then 200 a year, a year, yeah, a year went by. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So they're back at school and Jason looks for, but they look the same. Like everybody except for Pirsuk look the same. So anyways, Jason's looking for Pirsuk and he passes by Pirsuk because she's kind of skinny and... He doesn't recognize her and she's like a uh, long time no see in english he's like wait is that are you really pirsuk which honestly her face uh-huh. her face is still the same though <laughs> but she does look kind of different you know like i feel like she looks a little bit more confident i shipped them yeah i shipped them but i was like finally but i'm just kind of mad that it had to happen this way but i shipped them yeah i'm kind of glad that they don't have like she doesn't carry the doll anymore the jason mini doll oh yeah that was kind of weird yeah that was kind of creepy where did she get the doll oh but she made it <gasps> a voodoo like a voodoo doll <laughs> a voodoo doll oh my god so um since it's been almost 
a year since they left. Jinggook kind of looks for Hemi and Samdong. They go to that the classroom, and of course they're not there. He goes to where there's like a bunch of crowd, um, and he's like, "Have you seen Hemi and Samdong?" And um, apparently, so much time has—I mean, almost a year passed. So Hemi and Samdong, they're really good. Like they're dancing and. Um, They're getting lessons from the scary bob hair teacher, and everybody, they're crowded around the classroom watching their performance. And um, there's like this background narration um, of Oh Hyuk's voice saying, if you go slower, then you, you allow yourself to see more, and that's a good thing because you gain more experience. And so it's actually better to be slow. It was like, just like an encouragement Saying that like you shouldn't despair because it's better to go slow than fast. Basically, saying like someone's runs the race. Like even if they seem to be ahead right now, it's okay to take things at your own pace because um, by doing so, you gain more experience and that'll help you in the long run. Right. And it ended with Peki all surprised that Hemi was so good. <laughs> she was just like she did the evil eye. She's like, what the heck? Okay, so what do you think about this episode? Honestly, I thought I enjoyed it more than I would just because you said like you kind of hated it or like it was just more build up. Yeah. Or whatever, but like, finally, like things are happening where like single leave, like they're they debuted, and then like IU and Jason are finally like getting together. I don't know. I feel like it's moving a lot more quickly, at least than it did before. I liked how so much time had come, like passed by. I feel like that was why I thought that this episode was kind of a like filler episode because you know, like in the beginning, like the first seven episodes, it went it went kind of slow. Like it felt so slow, and then this episode, yeah. like alone, so much time went by. That's why I think I liked this episode, and that's why I think for this drama, I like the buildups rather than like the big event episodes because once like. You know, like, there's, like, an exposition that leads to, like, a climax. I mm-hmm. feel like the climax that is in this drama were pretty disappointing so far. Like, the oh. showcase, yeah. which was, like, two performances long. Yeah. So I feel like that lead up to it are sometimes more exciting. And I feel like this was one of those episodes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But hopefully the next one will be better. Yeah, I feel like it'll be better because next now Hemi and Samdong are pretty good. Yeah, but things are coming back to me slowly. I don't. I think it'll be a little cringy. I mean, so far it was very cringy. <laughs> okay, but I feel like it gets worse. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Like the preview that they gave for the next um, upcoming episodes, like where they have a new big showcase or whatever, and they have like themes. And um, the scary volunteer teacher was talking to Peggy about like a snake. Oh right. Came um, flies back. And I was like, oh dear. Oh, that came back for you? Yeah, I, I, and then um, they were doing birds. Like, Hemi's team was doing birds. Yes! Okay, <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like, please, okay, let's just stop right there because there's so much that I could say about that, but I feel like it's important. You know, the first thing I thought about when they said bird was twice Taehyung. You no, know? The eagle. The eagle. Eagle Nuna. <laughs> the eagle dance. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, wow, JYP really must love birds. Oh my gosh, she does. Anyways, yeah, so that was it for this episode, episode 8. I'm excited to see the next episode. Yeah. All right, um, thanks for listening if you've gotten this far. 
Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter. It's KDrama in room 343. No spaces, all lowercase, number 343. And we will talk to you next week about episode 9 <laughs> of Dream High. Bye! <laughs>